Hey, welcome back to Reselect. This is Dave Gershman. And uh, in just a few moments, you'll be listening to me, uh, Eric Green, and Sarah Wassel, all discussing some music, as we always do here on Reselect. Uh, I just want to mention that this is going to be the first of our um, new, new, new format. I know we had a, a change in format a few episodes ago. We've enjoyed that. But we've also found that it's it's a bit on the long side because, you know, you really really want to do the artist justice. But that also means expecting a lot from you listeners as far as uh, time commitment. So um, we thought it might be best overall to just focus on one album at a time. That's a little easier as far as like really giving lots of attention to the specific songs and albums uh, on our behalf and then uh, recording. Well, you know, it takes a little less time. Uh, listening takes a little less time. Editing takes a little less time because I actually do all the editing myself on these. For the first one of this new direction, uh, we will be talking about the Sex Pistols. Never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. The famous and infamous first and only real album by the Sex Pistols uh, recorded in 1977 and released that same year. It's a classic album that uh, really opened the floodgates for punk, although it wasn't the first punk album, but it um, certainly uh, became one of the most famous. Uh, I've been a long-time fan of Sex Pistols and the album. I saw them live back in the 90s. They had long since broken up and uh, reunited, but it was still the core band. It was actually a really good show. Blimey, governor! Uh, I think that's actually what they say in Mary Poppins, or Dick Van Dyke specifically. Uh, I am sure that uh, that's probably annoying to any actual British person listening. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't really have a great grasp of uh, where the different accents you know, land geographically. But anyway, I will stop right now and move along to the podcast. Here's the podcast. And before we get any further into my spiel, I'm going to move along to the podcast. I don't know what that was. Oi, podcast time. Is that is that a punk way of saying it? Okay, here you go. Bye. All right. Motherfuckers. <laughs> So we listened to, Eric. sorry, what were you going to say? Go for it. We listened to, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm not sure if this is a good way to start. We could just start talking. I have a better idea. Okay, go ahead. Eric, you picked this record. Yes, yes. It never, was a, never mind the bollocks, right? Never mind, never mind, never the, mind bollocks. the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Here's, That's here's the, the Sex title. Pistols. Yeah. yeah, Dave and I had kicked around a number of different bands to choose among, and uh, this one was on the list, and uh, Sex Pistols, you know, I've heard enough about them that uh, intrigued me, so I thought, what the hell, you know? I, I suggested it to Dave, and he, and he seemed to think that uh, one album would be enough of the Sex Pistols, being there, that there is, is there only is one. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are other albums, yeah. but uh, not studio albums that they were just sort of... And yeah, I've heard enough about them as I was growing up. I thought, what the hell, you know? It's, hmm. What a great candidate yeah. to listen to these guys and get some sense of who they are and why they are famous. Right, because they are they're yeah. like they're one new. of the most important rock bands. Highly influential. In the yeah. history yeah. of rock music. 
Right? Yeah, I mean, they... It sounds they, corny, but that's real. Right. I mean, they, they didn't invent punk music, but they, they, they were the ones who really kind of launched it in, in, on a big scale. Like Did they not invent it? Ramones came before them. Yeah. And so I would definitely say that as, as a culture, as much of a, as the music, it was definitely an English invention, not invention, but it started uh, primarily in England, the whole safety pins and all that, that look and the everything. Green hair. Just drunkenness, <laughs> just general loudish <laughs> drunkenness. Like you think of them and you just think of drunk dudes stumbling everywhere and spitting on things and like, yeah. which makes sense. This music makes you want to kick things. Yeah. Profanity yeah. on TV. That's mm-hmm. a kind of propelled. Right. To... Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was an interesting thing. Johnny Rodden said that, uh, well, actually, actually it was Steve Jones, I think, uh, the guitarist, he said that before that TV episode happened where they, uh, they swore at a uh, TV presenter in England, very mm-hmm. an older gentleman who uh, really didn't seem to know what to make of them anyway. They cursed him out, and it became, turned into this whole thing that just blew up. Right. Uh, but, but the TV presenter <clears throat> asked them to curse him out. It's a very weird he, thing. Yeah, He's like, was, say something rude to me in this very canned, kind of like put on yeah. fake kind of way. Like, you're here, you're rude. Like, say something rude <laughs> to me. And... and you know, Johnny Rotten said something, and he's like, "No, say something worse." And so Steve Jones and he did. <laughs> launched into him yeah. and did some really nasty stuff. But yeah, he he, he asked, asked for it. For he pretty it. much asked for it. Yeah. yeah. But still, they so they got started getting banned from all the TV mm-hmm. shows. And after that, they became a household name. Yeah, yeah, and um, and then they broke up. Nobody does that. Well, didn't didn't do that. So the Steve Jones was saying that before that happened, they just wanted to be a rock band. They, I mean, they were inspired by. The Ramones and the the, uh, the New York Dolls and Stooges and those sorts of bands, and they sort of made their own concoction of it. But they didn't set out to become this super controversial band. You know, that was not what they're all about. But this thing that happened on TV just kind of—that's what they appeared to be to everybody who didn't know any better. You know, so and from there, and they hadn't even released their album yet at that point. And I, I think it was. They were still finishing up the recording of it. But and there was some conversation they had among themselves that, golly, we need to spice it up some. So I think it was Steve, Steve Jones. Guitarist, yeah, he's the guitarist, yeah. yeah. He started started fights with people out in the in the freaking audience. He might have. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sounds right. Fairly <laughs> aggressive guy, but he is. Uh, also, I mean, he was a serious guitar player. He mm-hmm. is a, still around, and he still, uh, he actually plays pretty well. And, you know, it wasn't like... Uh, they didn't just come together. The only one, the, the one of them who was the least familiar with music in general was uh, Johnny Rotten, who has said that he basically had to learn how to sing to rock music. I mean, he knew music, but mm-hmm. he never actually like tried to sing along to a beat, you know. So he had to find the beat a lot of the time, and they had to help him out quite a bit. This, this, and I, there's a huge stroke <laughs> of irony there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is. Johnny Rotten learning how to sing. <laughs> well, because he's not? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, something like that. I, yeah. I, I don't mean like a vocal coach. I mean like just the, the timing, the phrasing. Something yeah, that works. And he yeah. found, he well, found well, really th- effectively. Not anyone could just walk up to yeah. a mic. He found a voice. And, and, and uh, say, and, and like make the noises he's making and I, have it work with the music. I love his voice. I, yeah. I, do you? I, I do. I do too. Uh, it's so perfect. It is is the most it's perfect so voice. You could not they would not have been anything oh without his voice. Yeah. I mean it's not a Seriously. it's not a they, voice in a in a traditional like Frank Sinatra mm-hmm. uh Elvis kind of way at all, but it is fucking crazy effective. And and he he's really good at at, at just 
getting those emotions across. I mean, yeah. mostly the emotion was anger, but you know, I mean, but also sarcasm, no, sarcasm. And humor, yes. You know? Like well, that was what surprised me about this. There's so much Coming humor. into this. I thought this was just going to be all attitude, all yeah. anger. And I thought I was going to be like, here's these, these like stupid guys just with a lot of attitude and no, nothing beneath it. I should have known better because punk music is not mindless. It's yeah, actually yeah. from, you know, meeting people that make that kind of music the animalistic kind of like I'm going to kick this over and spit on you and start a fight with you is a total front for like right. people that read a lot and are very self-educated, educated, whatever, and care very deeply about a lot of things. And it like this kind of music is a reaction of anger yeah. and frustration at like the reality of looking around you in the world and seeing like, wait a minute, we all know we're supposed to treat each other well. We all know we're supposed to like have freedom of expression. Why are we acting like this towards each other? Why is the hmm. structure of society making us all feel like in a box? So I'm going to try to yeah. kick the, you know, right. It's, well, it's and deep, it's, there's deep stuff behind it. Right. And, and as far as like a lot of the, the violence of punk, you know, the, that wasn't necessarily even the band's doing. I mean, like Johnny Rotten said that they, at some point early on when they started gaining popularity, like, the punk audience decided to like start spitting at them, you know, gobbing spit on them. And then that became a thing for punk shows. And, but he just yeah. thought it was, he, was, he thought it was just <laughs> as disgusting as anybody would, you know, it's not like he reveled in that kind of stuff, that whole, it's so a lot of what we know is the attitudes of punk comes mm. as much from the audience as it does from mm -hmm. the bands. I mean, other than what they sing about in their songs, of course, but I mean, it's, it's, it is really interesting to like read so did you read something so, interesting about <laughs> <laughs> Well, as it turns out, the uh, the, the three of them, uh, when, when I say uh, there are four of them really, but I didn't hear anything from Paul Cook, the drummer, but Johnny Rotten and uh, Steve Jones in particular, very intelligent guys, and they're very thoughtful. Uh, what they say about what happened at that time and uh, what the songs are about, uh, I mean, they're clearly highly intelligent people. And... and they're actually like very liberal, sort of what like Johnny Rotten is, you know, for like as a political perspective on things, and which is funny because some of the lyrics of the songs might not. I, I wouldn't have picked him Creed as liberal to, at all. Yeah, oh, but he, he, I mean, he didn't come out and say that, but he, yeah. you know, it's it's pretty clear. Of course, everybody who's familiar at all with Sex Pistols knows about Sid Vicious, but he was pretty negligible as far as contributing to their their music. I mean, he came along only. Um, after they'd done a lot of shows and Glenn Matlock, the original bassist was, well, they, they had a, a feud of sorts and then I think he got fired kind of, but, but Sid Vicious was just this guy that had been hanging around Malcolm McLaren's, uh, stores and stuff. And, and so he didn't know how to play bass. They kind of had, had to hype, teach him. Yeah. And, He's and like all, all. Yeah. Well, Johnny things. Rotten blames himself for bringing him into the group and, um, he literally said, I, it's my fault that he <laughs> joined the group, but so he, he doesn't. He was around for the part of the recording of this album, but he did not actually uh, perform on any of the songs. Hmm. Uh, all the bass playing was done by Steve Jones. He just filled in because Sid Vicious was incapable of actually doing the parts. And they, there are two songs where he's he's there, but they mixed him solo. You can't really hear him. They just, you know, they recorded him. But yeah, and he was also he was the most strung out on drugs, and hmm. and that certainly didn't help anything. Glenn Matlock did write a number of the songs that are on the album um, or co-wrote at least. And uh, I think Johnny Ron did all the lyrics, but or most of the lyrics, but uh, so he, he was responsible for some of the stuff he recorded. He's on the record in a couple of songs, 
but then again, like I said, Steve Jones kind of took over the rest, so he's the main musician we hear in most of the stuff. So, Eric, what, what, did, what did you think you were going to be getting into when you first suggested this? Or did you have any... What ideas did you have about... Uh, well, without having heard the first song yet, just, but just knowing they were punk, yeah. I was like, all right, we'll give it a shot. And I played the first song or two and I thought what the hell man what did really? I get myself into really? I gotta listen why? To this right. why 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 well it just it's just not the kind of music that I enjoy and and unlike why? you two I just don't really care for his voice I, and I don't want to I don't want to say that he's not capable of producing a really uh, good sound in that you know he's able to get across what he intends to mm-hmm. but as far as my own uh, aesthetics mm-hmm. uh, I, it doesn't appeal to me yeah uh, that right, said, too fast, too messy. Uh, like it's ah, it's just yelling. You yeah. know, it's a, uh, you know, it's it, it was difficult to discern at first. You know, just screaming in the microphone, sort of stuff. It, it's just not my style of music that I mm. typically enjoy. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, I, I gave it a, a, a sincere listen, and I put it away, and I went on and listened to some other things for a while, and I came back to a week later, and. Uh, it was playing in the background. I didn't like give it the sincere sound, but I had it playing, and I found myself like really digging the music. Mm-hmm. There was there was one or two songs that stuck in my head for yeah. for a day or two later, even, mm. and I realized okay, there's something here. There's something that I kind of like. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not going to be a go to band for sure. me, mm-hmm. but you uh, have to be in a certain mood. But I just think, just even no matter how much you yeah, just listening to it a little while ago prior to uh, while you were setting up, uh, you know, I was jamming at it, man. I was, yeah, I was enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. I, I'm curious, like, you had suggested them, so obviously mm-hmm. you knew something about them. And were you surprised by what you heard? Or, I mean, you you must have known something oh, of their reputation anyway, but... Yeah, you know, the names Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious, all these associations. And, and you probably didn't imagine, like, highly melodic, uh, sweet songs or anything like that. Well, right? I, so, I did, and, and, uh, and, I, and I wasn't disappointed. In fact, it was worse than I thought it was. Uh, for my first listen. <laughs> uh, but as you've learned from past uh-huh. bands we've done. Uh-huh. And, and I came back around and I, and I uh, you know, busted out the computer and I, and I looked at the lyrics and tried to like follow what they were singing mm-hmm. about because, I, like I said, I, I had a difficult time understanding what they were saying in a lot of the songs. That didn't really help me appreciate the music that much. But, <laughs> uh, and, and in fact, it turned me off to uh, one or two of their songs quite a lot. But, um Whoa. The, you know, the, the lyrics did? Yeah, just yeah. knowing what they were wow. singing all of a sudden. I was like, <sighs> well, which, oh, see, hmm. that's okay. Well, that, and that's that's where his humor and sarcasm comes in because right. almost nothing on there does he mean at face value. I mean, there's. I was, I was wondering about yeah. that because oh, some yeah. of it didn't it's make a, a lot of sense. It's a total, like, a lot of it is, it's a put on. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a lot of, like, grandiose chicanery going on like he's mm. he's trying to he's trying to be shocking on purpose like, that's one of the things of punk rock i suppose so. sure yeah yeah i think it's funny like it was yeah. a lot funnier than i thought it was gonna be and it's a lot less i found it way easier to listen to than i thought it was gonna be yeah yeah i knew you know obviously i know who the sex pistols are and i had a sense of their influence in the in the world of rock and roll so I was like, all right, let's do this. Like, this is important. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it, like reading a classical novel, like, okay, I need to, I need to do this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm going to like it's good it or for not. Me. Yeah. Right, yeah. like, I probably won't yeah. like it because I don't like singing that's kind of not melodic and not skillful, that's just yelling. 
because I've listened to all kinds of music throughout the years that are like that. And I'm just like, this record is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I loved it because it's nowhere near as fast as I thought it was going to be. It's more like listening to Suffragette City, listening to David Bowie or listening to T-Rex. It's like they listen to really cool glam rock records from 72, 73, and then just took the like hardest rocking part of those songs and then made a song out of that song, like a whole song yeah. just out of that. Right. And I think it works. And I think it's like, it's just sounds so good still. It's yeah. stripped down. The production of this record is really good. Yeah. Like it, it for was, as rough as it is, it's exactly perfect. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it was recorded in a decent studio. It wasn't just like in their living rooms or something like that, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, they, well, that's Johnny Rotten apparently was, uh, like a fan of Alice Cooper and mm-hmm. uh, and and some of the glam rock bands that you mentioned and uh, all those early like pre-punk kind of bands, you know, the Stooges and so on. So I think a lot of their their attitude and and Steve Jones riffs, you know, mm-hmm. all come from that kind of era. And it's 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 a lot cleaner. Yeah, it's like you hear a lot of punk bands, the more like the super fast punk, you know, the yeah, uh, that's just like complete unintelligible and hmm. A lot of people, necessarily, you know, would think the Sex Pistols. Oh, they must be part of that kind of group of stuff. But they, they're almost like a classic rock blend of. They'd probably hate that, but you know, the the the, the guitar sound definitely had lends something. You know, it pulls something from like '60s hard rock, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a lot cleaner than. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, they're good musicians. I mean, there are a lot of punk bands that came along that just a bunch of guys got together and said, "Oh, let's learn how to play." And well, it does just, sound. You know, it sounds like. The kind of music that anybody who picked up a guitar could just like yeah, yeah it's not compl- out, it's not is, complicated no which is, yeah. but they which do is it well fun and I think yeah. sounds like honest in a way I really yeah. dig yeah you know like overproduction I'm not into overproduction right. when it sounds like they've been in a studio and someone's been tinkering mm-hmm. and turning knobs yeah. for like two yeah. hours or whatever the drumming was excellent too I really yeah. noticed how good the drumming is on this this time around and uh, Paul Cook he clearly knew what he was doing he was not just picking up drumsticks mm-hmm. you know. They did, they did sound, have a good sound to them. That's true. That's true. Short songs too. I and, love short songs. And I was going to say, <laughs> oh you know, they, you were saying that they they take Start it, parts of a finish. song and make one song out of it. Yeah. I was I was commenting in my own mind. I was really glad they made them really short too. <laughs> I mean, I I think I don't know. I think uh, I think it takes balls to make short songs. I think anyone could be like the Grateful Dead and play like, hey man, we're gonna play this song for twenty minutes, man. Like, the fuck off. <laughs> like, why do you think I want to listen to that? Well, Just there goes our Grateful Dead fans. Right? Oh my god, <laughs> good. I mean, no offense. I like everyone, and but that you know, this is the, the glory of like art. It's subjective, and you can get it all worked up. And like, I hate this. I love this. And it's not a comment. On someone's character or political stance it's just it's totally subjective but you're wrong <laughs> wait which part <laughs> just you dave you're oh, just wrong. i'm just wrong yeah okay thanks <laughs> an interesting fact that i i found out about this album it debuted at number one on the uk album charts because it came out just as that furor was because they had been playing the on some thing. shows and they'd done some concerts and there was like press about them, right? There's some press, but it was mostly, it, it, was, it wasn't until that TV incident that mm-hmm. it really blew up. And that's when they, I think the album came out right about that time. Mm-hmm. So it went to the top of the number one, uh, went to the top of the UK charts. It went gold mm-hmm. and it spent 60 weeks in the top 25. Holy cow. Yeah, it did. Because there's probably nothing else out there like that sounded. <laughs> nothing sounded like that, but I mean, there's certainly lots yeah. of music on the. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they invented rock and roll, but like. <laughs> And also, you know, if you lived in England at the time, 
with just with the song God Save the Queen on there, you're going to buy this record. Oh, yeah. yeah if you're yeah, a teenager, yeah. because it's like, like, okay, 70 what? This came out? 77. Yeah. So these, the kids buying this, does that mean their parents, their parents would have been in the Second World War or their grandparents? Uh, parents. Because that's a big generational divide between like the parents who grew up in that atmosphere and then their kids. Mm-hmm. There's like a big schism between those two groups culturally, like a huge, huge schism. And so these guys coming out with this record, the kids are going to be like, what? I want to listen to this. And their parents are going to be like, <laughs> you know, and, and then that's going to make them want to buy it more. So it's just, you know, and, and that's me to us in this day and age sounds probably like whatever, that's not a big deal. But England, which is incredibly classist mm. and incredibly mm. rigid social rules, basically set the social rules for this country and for like English speaking world. This is this was a big fucking mm-hmm. yeah. smoke bomb. Um, not smoke flare, whatever you want to firework. I don't know. Yeah. Something yeah. that explodes. <laughs> <laughs> pick a thing. <laughs> Car backfire. Well, let's pick one of their songs. Yeah, let's, maybe uh, we should get to yeah. the second one on the record. Bodies. I want to talk about that. That's crazy to me. That was one of the more disturbing songs on there for sure. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he's singing about an abortion. That shit's crazy. That's crazy that he and you know he talks about writing that song and singing that song. And he does a lot of like, you know, it's not like I'm for it or against it or, you know, someone should choose. Like, but he kind of like, he kind of like backs away from it. But the fact that he sang about it in the midst of all these other songs is insane that he put it that front and center. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it should point. be ugly because the people that were having illegal abortions at that time that he's singing about, that's a fucked up thing to have gone through. Like he even, you know, his lyrics, you know, one of them says dragged on a table in a factory. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing to imagine. And I think it's, I, th- I don't know, I think it's amazing that he, like, that song is on that record. And that it's just front and center talking about my, my it. My interpretation of that song was that he was critical of choice, of people having the option to. Well, no. That's the no. way I interpret no, it. No, yeah. no. I what I got from it was that he he was just talking about a girl that he knew that had an abortion because she had she saw no other way for mm-hmm, herself mm-hmm. to go forward and that he just kind of was like saying that it happened, like witnessing that it happened. Well, aren't some of the lyrics like, I'm not an animal? Well, because then yeah. at the end he starts, switches the voice and he's saying, mom, I'm not, mommy, mm-hmm. I'm not an animal, dad, I'm not an animal. And then it turns into this kind of fucked up thing about like screaming at your parents, like don't treat me like crap. Like basically what I heard was like, you know, if you're going to treat me like this, why didn't you just do it? Why didn't you just get an abortion? You know, why did you have me if you're going to yeah. treat me like this? So it, it becomes this like really deep emotional kind of place that it's coming from. It's not just about, and I didn't, I didn't see it as critical of this girl. I just saw it as like, you know, I was with this girl and she did this thing and that sucks. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like that she did that or, but, but it wasn't like, cause he wanted to have the kid just more that like, it was better that she did it than have the kid. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I got out of it anyway. Hmm. Well, they, uh, he, he said, I, I read where he said that uh, the, the girl in question was actually somebody who followed them around a lot. Yeah. And uh, uh, was, yeah, was, this is messed was, up. Yeah. Was, was very, he was actually very annoyed by her 
Um, so I think some of that comes through. Well, I read, I could have sworn I read somewhere that she had had an abortion and carried the fetus around in a plastic oh, purse. Oh, that's, I, yeah. I think I that did was read a that. Thing that I read. vaguely familiar. Right? Yeah. Which is crazy. Yes. So she, so she this was. This poor girl had me- severe mental issues, clearly. Yeah. So I think, I think him, some of his disgust in the song is more about her and not about abortion mm-hmm. as, a, as a thing, you know, and, and he doesn't make that fine a point, you know, to, to separate the two, I think. So there's a little bit of that going on. But he, he actually, again, in the thing I read, he just discussing that song, he said, well, you know, a woman's body is her own. It's her decision what to do with it, you know. And so mm-hmm. he's clearly pro-choice. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, you know, look at the song the way you did, I think it's it, it does come through, but it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some pretty disturbing images in there. It should be disturbing. Yeah. Abortion is right. disturbing, yeah. especially exactly. illegal abortion. Yeah. It's horrific. It's I a mean, horror show. We don't need to get into the politics of all this, but you know, I don't think anybody who's pro-choice is actually for. Nobody's for abortion. I mean, that's right. just you know ridiculous. But it, it's it's disturbing and it's sad and it's gross and you know and, uh, and and what's and what's even worse is the thought of someone going through something like that and then trying to keep like having to keep it a secret because then there's shame on top of right, the horrific right. physical experience mm-hmm. and right. emotional experience right. so there's a lot of shit balled up in that yeah. song yeah i mean i think it's a lot for someone who's right. just like screaming into the microphone you know <laughs> I, I think <laughs> i think take i think taking on the subject at all is either brave or kind of suicidal, <laughs> you know, that most people don't want to deal with that. Well, and I, I think it's interesting to think about too, because of like you were saying how you had trouble understanding him mm-hmm. and you needed to look up the lyrics online. Mm-hmm. Like did the original liner notes have the lyrics printed in them? I would imagine not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it is. So I could see this song being the kind of thing that maybe even flew under the radar to a lot of people. Sure. And by people, I mean right, squares right. and grownups, yeah. right? That like adults didn't even catch that. Because right. I, I feel like this song would have, it's such a taboo subject that even if people knew what he was singing about, that they wouldn't have even fucking discussed it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like you just hear it and close your eyes. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah. It's not happening. Let's not even like, we can't even speak of it to be angry about yeah, it. Yeah. When I got the lyrics out, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gnarly. I was not expecting yeah. something like that. Interestingly, on the musical side of the song, I recognized that the opening riff is lifted from an Aerosmith song, mm. uh, Back in the Saddle. You're familiar with mm-hmm. that? Wait, so, did that come out before this? Yeah. Yeah, I was like 75, huh. 76. This is a couple of years oh, before no this. So and I, and I don't know if it was a conscious thing, but should we play a little? You know, I'll just play that part. And... Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly the same. It's not really lifted. But... You know, I caught that, but I couldn't place it. But the beginning of Back in the Saddle definitely sounds very much like this kind of heavy. I love I love this his, the way he ends words like that that semi wine whatever it was I. so perfect with the with the guitar yeah oh yeah and the beat it's just like perfect yeah i i, I really I, I don't think sex pistols could have been anything without him as well you singer. can't i mean you can't sing to this no right. right we put a good singer in a quote-unquote good singer yeah. in this and it's just sounds stupid no. yeah 
Eric, you said there were a couple in particular. You uh, you you did. Well, let's say if you, if you don't mind, I'll stay on this trend of bodies. I found found very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, EMI. Oh, love mm. that song. I thought that was so annoying <laughs> when yeah. he when he was just saying EMI, EMI over and over. It's like, come on, man, please get this song over now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? Are you familiar with the story about that song? Or no, no I'm not. They ended up releasing this album on Virgin Records, but EMI was courting them. Mm-hmm. And was sort of saying all the right things, apparently, but he became very clear to them that they strictly were interested in the Sex Pistols because they wanted to look, become across like an edgy label or something. You know, they, at least that's the way he perceived it. And uh, yeah, I don't know all the things they did that pissed them off, but I guess they talked to them a bit about releasing it on that, but they saw through their facade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he wrote the song because yeah. he was just pissed off at them. And, and EMI couldn't do shit about it. And EMI could, exactly. Which is badass. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's just him. Like, they got signed by that label and that's why they became a band, kind of, right? To like yeah. make the, ostensibly make this record for EMI and then they had their falling out and like left or got kicked out or whatever happened and then they sang like a fuck you song and said the name right of the record there. company right over. Not just in there, but like you said so many times that you're like, dude, stop saying that. <laughs> and, and I think he was, And it's on the fucking record. Uh, like it came uh, out like that. That's, and I do think he was singing that part in particular, particularly annoying because I think purposely. he wanted to purposefully fuck the hell out of them too. Yeah. There's no, you get, yeah. no, there's no yeah. mystery. Like if you, you know... Yeah, picked I, up that record at like, the time. You would complete, have been like, yeah, fuck yeah, mine. Uh, I kind of, I kind of picked up on that. With I don't think you could sing that part he was singing the way he did without an actual snarl on your I'm face. Sure there has right. to be a, <laughs> has to be physically Probably there. Drink a little battery acid for this. <laughs> <one. laughs> uh, the two most famous songs on the album are. God Save the Queen mm-hmm. and Anarchy in the mm-hmm. UK. Mm-hmm. And Anarchy in the UK is one that's stuck in my head for Yeah, days. that is such oh, a yeah. good... Yeah. I think I think that has the best guitar sound on the record. It's the most punchy and... I'm going to play a little Yeah, later. please. Mm-hmm. Also, it has this phase thing going on to in the beginning here. The best laugh ever. Yeah, it's yeah. cartoon villain. That's yeah. all that is. It's so <laughs> preposterous. Yeah, this part right here, just like. So awesome. I just feel like it's like pure adolescent, just like, it's just angst. It's just fucking like pure fucking angst. And he actually said that he is, he thinks anarchy is a stupid concept. So he's not actually, see again, this is Mm -hmm. pure sarcasm here. Um, like he, he said that he thinks it's just mind games for the middle class. It's a luxury, can only be afforded by a, in a democratic society. Uh, therefore, kind of slightly fucking redundant, he said. Um, well, that's also like. It offers no answers, he said. You know. Him saying that too is kind of like the biggest fuck you in some ways to his fans, right? Because I could see them right. garnering hordes of kids. We're like anarchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yes. right. Break down the thing. Right. But he's right. It's bullshit. Like you, if you're poor and miserable, you don't want to. Except in the most extreme cases, you just want more food and like a comfortable space. You don't want to burn things down. Yeah. Unless you're perceiving like 
you know, injustice in a really specific or in a really heavy way. Yeah. But. And that's such a common thing for, for an artist to release a, a sarcastic song or something with somewhat ironic, you know, and, and the fans just completely missing that part of it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure a lot of them thought he was like saying, yeah, anarchy. And, but yeah, I mean, basically to say afterward, he, I had to write this quote down because it was surprising because he sounds so gentle when he sorry, refers to it this way. But he says, I've always got to bear in mind I'm part of a community called the human race and even tighter community called culture. Why would I, why would we want to destroy these things willy nilly? It's like, I don't even understand why would, you'd want to do that. Every time I, I hear, I think of anarchy, I just, I just think, why? I like there to be bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, exactly. Like, you know. Like a lot of things there are in the a world lot are of good up, things. But yeah, I really yeah, would like a gym. bed to sleep right. in and, right. a, and indoor plumbing. Um, the, the other thing I, I thought was interesting, he, you know, he begins the song by saying, right now. He actually, in the original recording of it, said, words of wisdom right now. Huh. And I guess they, they ultimately decided against it because he, uh, he thought it was like saying, hello, this is genius. Here it comes. You know, oh, yeah. it's like, so it's, yeah. just let the song speak for itself. You know, if mm. you, I think it's like the most perfect encapsulation of, it's the best song on the record, I think. I'd give it that also. Yeah, um, hell yeah. And God Save the Queen, uh, which caused such an uproar you know, amongst people who like the royalty of England. Uh, well, he, he said it was never anything. Like, I mean, that's, again, that's that generational yeah. aspect yeah, yeah. where him even saying that, is like a shot off the bow to like everyone's grandparents and parents. It's just like, what? You don't say yeah. that. You don't, it's like God and God and queen, right? Like you don't shit talk God. You don't shit talk yeah. the Royal family. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he said it was never meant to be a personal attack on them. Like he doesn't have anything against them. In fact, he says he feels sympathetic to them because he says they've been born into a birdcage with no way out mm-hmm. and they don't get oh to choose this. God. He actually, this, he has, this guy, he has sympathy for them. this guy. Johnny Rodden but writes he, that song. And then later it's like, actually it's really well, sad that they're <laughs> restricted by the circumstances he, of their birth. They didn't choose that. What he said was, I really a, feel sympathy. And empathy. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was expressing his uh, viewpoint that the monarchy in general is ridiculous because the idea that you should just, except that you are supposed to be loyal to this family or whatever without any sort of questioning, you know, no, no, they don't have to prove it to you that they deserve your respect and honor or whatever that he just finds that completely unacceptable. That see that kind of commentary from him sounds to me like he made this record kind of as a joke, kind of as a just put on as a like, well, let's just fucking mm-hmm. make some music and we're just messing around. And then it went crazy. It just blew yeah. the fuck up. And then they, he's had years to like, well, respond and think about it. Right. And he's been interviewed God knows how many times about I am sh- these songs and the effect that they've had and people approaching him with reverence of like, Oh, yeah. you wrote this song. Let's talk about it. Hmm. Well, and I, yeah, I, I mean, this interview he had where he said a lot of the stuff was, in the nineties, I think, or maybe even two thousands. Uh, so clearly he's had a long time to mellow also. I don't think he necessarily would have been quite <laughs> this kind about things. You know? Yeah. Back, back then. Well spoken so. about it. Or he wouldn't have wanted to let on that he was capable of that kind of. <laughs> that he was a reasonable speaking. human being. Yes, exactly. Basically. Right. Yeah. I bet a lot of people treated him mm. like, like a totem or a boogeyman or like a, a symbol of a lot of things oh, sure. that they put on him because of the style of music yeah. and because the music influenced so much later. 
Well, they, they feel like a lot of these songs feel like a statement, and anybody who's willing to bold enough to do that, they, they'll get a following. And, yeah. and as mm-hmm. you're describing, yeah, they'll, they'll idolize them. Mm-hmm. And then come to them and be like, oh, we're here for yeah. you. You called us. Here we are. And our game. Yeah, exactly. And then they're <laughs> like, are you kidding? Like, we were just, we were messing around. Like, we were wasted <laughs> we when were we wrote just that. Joking. Yeah. Like, did you not get the joke? Like, what? I feel like in his head or in the bands, I don't know their ideal scenario would have been small audience of people who were into the vibes, but didn't spit on them and didn't throw bottles at them and just was like, yeah, this music is awesome, but we totally get it. We're just fucking around. Like (laughs) it's cool. We're all like friends. We're just going to get trashed together. And then somehow it turned into this, you know, like flag goes up and everybody goes Mm. crazy and it's like, I hate my parents. I'm going to pay my room black. (laughs) 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 You know, um, the, 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 one of the other particularly offensive songs, uh, or at least when you listen to it at first, it was, uh, it was New York, which seems to be a very derogatory, anti-gay or, or oh, has some yeah. derogatory stuff about you know, gays and, uh, use a certain terminology I won't repeat here, but yeah. what that turns out to be. And it, if you look, know anything about the New York dolls, it would make sense. The, he was sort of buds, as he said, with David Johansson, the lead singer of the New York Dolls, who, I don't know if you know anything mm-hmm. about them, Eric, but yeah. they they were um, kind of a punk glam rock kind of thing. They're very, they were definitely one of the big influences on the Sex Pistols. In fact, their music, uh, a lot of the Sex Pistols music sounds is definitely taken from some mm-hmm. of what the New York Dolls did. And so he knew David Johansson, but he was also giving him a really hard time about the whole way that they would dress up like women. They would kind of dress in drag a lot of the time. And he would just he liked to tease them about it and, and thought the whole glam thing was the, the fashion side of the glam thing was kind of unnecessary. At least, you know, that's what he said. So th- a lot of this is a poke specifically at David Johansson and the New York Dolls. And um, when you when you read the lyrics of that in mind, it definitely mm-hmm. you can see that's true. He's not just, you know, he's not just making excuses for it in the, in the hindsight. Of course, his choice of term, you know, words in the song probably could have... Why don't you rattle off a a moment or two of that song? (laughs) All right. It's not actually a terribly interesting song otherwise, I think. It's it's, it's not one of the standout songs. Let's put it that way. And he he quotes... He says, looking for a kiss at the end, which is one of the big songs that uh, Nir Dawson... What songs uh, kind of stick out for you guys, other than what we've already come over? Uh, I would say the same ones. Uh, yeah. I really like Submission. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. That one is particularly funny. I yeah. What do you, What do you like about it so much? It's just it's silly. It's like about a submarine. So I think that that is the Sex Pistols answer to Yellow Submarine. <laughs> in my pantheon of world making sense places that, that may, I like that I right? like that <laughs> like that interpretation version. yeah which I would rather listen to this than Yellow that, than the Yellow Submarine but it's got those cool sonar kind of noises in it well so Malcolm McLaren their their manager who he's the whole story unto himself he I mean, seems like the villain of the piece he is really he, he's, he didn't care at all about their music he just yeah. he owned a fashion shop in London and 
I think Johnny Rotten worked mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. But he, he basically was their manager. And, but all he cared about was having them be controversial. He, he, yeah. he loved that aspect of yeah. it. He was like, um, it would have been better if their music was worse than it was. Yeah, you know, yeah, The record right. never came out or no one could right. ever buy it. Like, right. He, he just, didn't give like, a damn about the music. Yeah, um, Super poser. That's what I would call that dude. But he apparently he said at some point, he suggested they write a song called Submission, meaning something like sexual... Yeah, he wanted you know. it to be like really like yeah. racy, it, right? Right. About like BDSM and blah, 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 and blah. so so Glenn Matlock and Johnny Rotten got together to talk about it, and they they thought it was kind of dumb. You know, they didn't want to go along with this idea, but they decided to make it a submarine mission, like a sub <laughs> sub mission, and they the whole thing is written about <laughs> in a submarine, and and he says Johnny Rotten says it's the closest song they ever had to a love song because it actually talks about. Diving for your love, or something. You know, we can play a little bit of it here. Yeah, I'm on a submarine mission for you, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really the only one that has any sort of reference I to can't to love. Out your feelings. watery love. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> stupid. It's really dumb. I think they just came up with like every dumb line they could think of yeah. that had anything to do with being underwater. When there's that beat that uh, has the girl, I won't. Yes, this this riff is direct lift mm-hmm. from the Kinks, uh, all day and all the night. Maybe not as exciting as some of the other songs on the record. No, but it's, but it's still, funny. It's, it's fun. It's got a good yeah. beat to it, too. And it's certainly one of the most harmless lyrically. It's like nobody's going to take much offense to this. Yeah. Um, I also liked No Feelings. Yes, that's a great one, too. Yeah. Uh, and that one, actually, I think uh, my, my reference to the sounding to be influenced by the New York Dolls, this is the one that sounds most like a New York Dolls song. And Suffragette City, too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Especially that. right there. Yeah, that speed, the, the tempo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love his singing in this one. I like that, that his, he certainly got the idea of singing along to a beat and tempo mm-hmm. that he apparently didn't know before. But also, it's so hard to understand that he's saying the word feelings. Yeah, it's like I, at first I was like, ELM. What is that? What is that? Like I'm looking <laughs> it up, and then I was like, Oh right, <laughs> cool. I don't have any either, man. <laughs> Well, like you, you were saying early on in this uh, podcast, uh, I'm really glad to be able to check the box yeah. on this right here. For you, that's a box Six checker? Yeah. So do you... Now I know. So going forward, you don't imagine yourself listening to it? I'll, I'll be proud to, when I hear it, be able to recognize who it is. Yeah. And like have context for yeah. it and stuff. Yeah. You know, um, one thing you said earlier made me think, or just curious, I, you said it didn't fall into your the kind of type of music you typically like. But from what I know of you, you have a pretty broad range of stuff you like. So I don't know if you have a type of music so much. So, I mean, I, I think you've got a broader range of interest than you 
Perhaps. That statement might Perhaps. hint at, you know. But so. uh, it doesn't. It's not as expensive it's as not it might be. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't quite reach that far. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I also sort of know you don't really picture a time when you'd be in a mood so much to think, oh, I want to hear some Sex Pistols. That's you might not a, mind that, it. That might be a better way to say it. So maybe you yeah. maybe you appreciate it more now. And, so. and you know, like I, I was uh, mentioning, uh, I had it going in the background while I was doing something else, yeah. and it, it was yeah. it was pretty yeah. snappy. I was digging it, and it yeah. like it stuck in my head. Yeah. Snappy. <laughs> I did cardio to it. That, that makes me mm-hmm. picture Frank and Sinatra man, covering that. That was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. great for cardio. Yeah. I bet. Also, great tempo for I that. found it to be a really good soundtrack in my own head. When I was walking around and doing things, mm-hmm. I just had it playing in my head mm-hmm. and then just thought to myself, like, yeah, I'm this thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Gonna walk down the hall. I also yeah, picture, work. I can easily picture you like on your motorcycle oh, with this yeah. going on. And this would be great yeah. motorcycle oh, driving music. You know? Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. it was even more yeah. fun. <laughs> okay. I dressed very fancy at work today mm-hmm. and I was wearing this white leather skirt that's like long, like mid calf length which yeah. is very classy i got a lot of comments about this skirt that i bought i didn't two in the see it today the I, uh, I it. yeah but like even dressed in a very classy like business power outfit for me i was still in my head the whole time like thinking about the sex pistols and i was like <laughs> yeah. it was making me feel really aggressive in a good way because yeah. because i don't like like getting the joke of the music to me i feel like the aggression of this music feels like it just feels good. It doesn't feel mm. like mean spirited. Right. It doesn't feel harmful. No, yeah, it yeah, just it feels just, like, yeah, like the hmm. beat is just so yeah. fucking driving and the way he's singing is so theatrical and like kind of silly and it's it's fun, cart- sort of cartoonish. It's very really, cartoonish you know, to me. That's, yeah. That's the way they come across to me. Yeah, but the guitar riffs are so good that it just like it just makes me want to like get things done and like fuck <laughs> anyone is gonna get in my way, but not in a really mean way. Just yeah. like you know, I'm just gonna do my thing. Like it's, stay out of my it's, way. Not that I'm gonna hurt you or anything. No, but, I just because you know. yeah, I respect your autonomy as a human person and we all share the same human culture family. Just but stay like, out of my way. Gonna run down the you know, like it's just <laughs> 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 Yeah, I just think it's I I'm going to listen to it a bajillion times. Yeah, yeah. And like singing it drunk would be the most fun thing ever. Yeah. Well, <laughs> th- that might lead to the, the, I wanted to play one more song before we do it. Uh, Pretty Vacant is I'm glad you didn't also my, I think that may be my, like, my third favorite song. Yeah. There, you know, it's, it's such a great uh, song and it's very much what it, exactly what it sounds like. Just being these attractive people who really have nothing else going on. They're they're like they're completely superficial and And it has this kind of cars. They're pretty and they're vacant. Yeah, 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 it does. Cars, the car, yeah. It's a it's a good call. I I hadn't picked up on that. That's a really like chill guitar riff in the background for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I, I like the sing-along aspect of this one. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did like this song. I mean, they're all anthems. That's yeah, the thing. I, I know. Right? Yeah, every yeah. song on this Almost record everyone. is a fucking anthem. But like, so recently I saw Cage the Elephant, um, which is kind of a big, like a big like arena rock kind of style band 
and a lot of their songs had anthem anthemic mm. kind of feel to them right like you'd hear the song and you'd get this feeling of like yeah i'm gonna pump my fist and i'm gonna get riled up because the music sound but their lyrics are so bad yeah they're not, but then mm. you realize the thing you're like pumping your fist to is like i, I like and this is like silly enough like we're so pretty yeah you could just like yeah you know yeah. you could get into that and right. like rise to that for no reason oh yeah sure yeah it's great yeah. It's not an empty care. silliness. It's like silly for because they know it's silly. I mean, they 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 they're well, in they're in on the joke. I mean, they. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad you guys pointed out the sarcasm of these things. And I, I, that one's easy to identify yeah. the sarcasm in there. But I wouldn't have applied that necessarily to the mm. rest of the songs. But now now that you guys mentioned it that way, it uh, might change my mind a little bit about these things. That'll be cool. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll want to hear later on right. if you ever like. You're in a different thing, you know, who knows when, a couple months or a couple years, and then you hear yeah. one of their songs, and then you're like, wait a minute. And if it hits you differently, mm-hmm. yeah. it'd be interesting yeah. to hear about. Good yeah. pick, man. Yeah. Uh, this it was, is fun. It was a lot of fun listening well, to it. And yeah. I did want to mention the I, when I saw them uh, live oh, yeah. in 96, it was the funniest, the filthy... No, it wasn't in the seventies. <laughs> Not that old, but this I saw them in ninety six. They reunited for the first time. They did it again a couple of times, but they yeah. they called it the Filthy Lucrator, and cool, cool. completely like they're acknowledging it's completely about the money, and they really didn't like each other still very much. You know, they they still kind of, they didn't no really they didn't, the and they 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 hung together long enough to finish the tour, but I think after that they took a long break. But it seems pretty uh, funny when they talk about each other like in more contemporary tones they're like i love that guy i just don't mm. want to spend any time with him yeah. ever <laughs> i just don't want to be in the same room with him but i love him which is amazing <laughs> and and seeing them perform this stuff as older somewhat middle-aged yeah. guys really it brought out the cartoony aspect yeah. even more yeah because mm. they were no longer these like dangerous looking you know, yeah it's it's like, fights and yeah, yeah these right. songs are like they're just like yeah. you just picture a skinny and it was a person a, who's like all muscle and adrenaline right yeah. you know and it was in an amphitheater show too it wasn't like you know yeah. a dirty club or something uh, it was, it was, was there weird. any spitting going on no the- not <laughs> not that i could see no. were people <laughs> sitting in their seats <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> yes, I uh, nod an acknowledgement yes, of yes. the beat of I this tapping, song. I was tapping my toe. Yes, it, yeah. anarchy. Well, well spoken, sir. I appreciate the irony. And uh, <laughs> cool, so, great. That was excellent. indeed good try, sir. Well, I can't claim all the credit. Yeah, let's have some cake. Yeah. <laughs>